Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Woolahan. This is just like space camp all over again. Uh, I just want to point out, for the first time in ages, I got through the entire introduction without messing up. Yes, this is true. This uh, usually takes a few takes, so it's very Two! Exciting. Two takes, usually. Give me some credit. Two's a few. No, I two's a say. couple. Right. Yeah. So, we are doing the 2017 show Inhumans which aired on ABC. Yes, as voted by our patrons over on Patreon. Thank you for choosing this show. Yeah, we wanted to do a Marvel show. And yes. this is kind of the granddaddy of the one-season Marvel shows. Yes. Because this is technically part of the MCU. Yeah. And one of the only true failures of yeah, the MCU. Yeah, this is... This, this belly flopped. First of all, before we get started, it's time to pour one out. Yes, let's pour one out. Uh, so, I have an interesting one here. It's, it looks pretty Noah standard. Yeah, it, it, I call this the Terragenesis Crystals. Okay. So, I've taken ice and blended it, and then I added blue coracal to it. And as a base, I have passion fruit water, because it's going to bring out the trueness and the true passion within me. Uh, and then it wasn't blue enough, so I added a shot of blue raspberry 100-proof snops. And then it still wasn't blue enough, so I sprayed some blue Kool-Aid in it. But because it's ice, it all just kind of sat on the top. So it's the exact same mistake I made during Terra Nova. Like, exactly the same mistake. It's fine. So, Zig, is that, is that some foreshadowing there of what you think of the show? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I made the Black Bolt. Yes. So I started out... Uh, this is takes place in Hawaii when it takes place in... On Earth. So I started out trying to make a blue Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have pineapple juice. And after I blended it, it wasn't very blue because I used orange juice. Yeah. Which holds its color a little better. Yeah. So it's blue curacao, banana rum, orange juice. And then I gave up and added a drop or two of purple food coloring. Okay. And garnished it with a purple airhead made to look like a lightning bolt. And this is the black bolt. Oh, Okay. How how is that? It's better than it looks because it looks terrible. It's pretty good. I right. I know it looks like dirty snow. Yeah, that is a really good description. <laughs> it looks like dirty. This looks like the snow uh, is made from a snowball that's been in a parking lot for a couple days. Like the mall parking lot snow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's banana rum and orange. Yeah. Ah, so we've poured those out onto the grave here of Inhumans. It's also got a piece of purple airhead that I realize is impossible to eat on camera, and I didn't eat it during the mic check this time. <laughs> you think we're on camera right now? Shut up. Okay. On mic. Yeah, drink your blue. Drink your blue 100 proof, or I have to drive the bus halfway through this. I was shutting up as instructed. 
So we open on a young woman running through the forest. Yes, we open on a woman running through what looks like Terra Nova. Yeah, my next note <laughs> is, this looks like a lot like Terra Nova, TBH. Yes. Uh, men with guns pursue her, and she is a blonde with cat eyes. Yes. And as she runs past, a green-faced man named Triton finds her and says, like, there's a place where everyone is like you. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs her and they run. They separate at a fork and she is hit by a bullet. He considers going back for her but realizes it would be suicide. Yes. He is hit but struggles on. Mm-hmm. He falls in the water off the coast. We see blood. And oh. then my next note is, hey, he kind of looks like Lauren from Angel. He did look like Lauren from Angel. That was the first thing I thought. I, but you skipped over something. We see him looking over like a cliff. Because mm-hmm. it is a long jump down. Yeah. And he kind of takes a deep breath. And then we cut to what is clearly a man falling into a swimming pool. I, I don't think I noticed that because I think I was probably trying to The way to take... he enters the water is clearly like he's coming in from the side and not coming in from like a high distance up. Yes. And I was like, Really? Marvel, this was the best you could do? I think we're going to have that sentiment a few times. Yeah. Particularly during this episode. Mm-hmm. That's the cold open. And a soldier reports to someone we do not see that his mission is accomplished. Yeah. The next thing we see is two people in bed. Yes, two people are having bed. Having, having two people bed. are having bed. They're having bed. They're doing and bed And she has activities. like prehensile hair, like Rapunzel style from yes. Tangled. Yes. Yes. Where, like, her hair can, is its own agent and can do whatever. Because someone's bracelet starts ringing. Yeah, like Power Rangers watch. And uh, this woman uses her hair to move it out of reach. So this woman is basically Bayonetta. Her hair is her power. And she also has her lover, like, tied down. Yes. With her hair. And we find out from dialogue that they are the king and queen of wherever they are. Mm Mm-hmm. And... They have sex, and then they emerge over their city. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a really bold strategy to for a Marvel project to start with someone being gunned down and then a sex scene. Yeah. Because we don't see a lot of sex scenes in Marvel. No, I can't think of a single sex scene. I know Marvel. Eternals has one. I have yet to see Eternals because it just became free on Disney+. Plus. Yes, to date this. Um, but... I, I know there are just... Ha- like, there's actually been kind of some criticism toward the MCU... Of how, like, weirdly sexless it is. Yeah, I mean, clearly Tony and and Pepper Potts got down because they created a person. Yeah. But we didn't see it. (laughs) I mean, and Peter Quill implies... Yeah, Peter Quill would be the closest, I guess. Because he meant... Because we see a woman leaving his room. Yes. And he also says it would look like a Jackson Pollock painting if you put a black light in here. Yes. Okay, so I guess that's the closest we've got. There's some implied sex, but we really have not had, like, an honest-to-God love scene. Mm -mm. No Watchmen-level sex scenes. No, we don't ever need another Watchmen-level sex scene. Hallelujah. So they emerge over their city, which is largely made of stone. We see a few small trees. It's the city of Adelan, and it is on the moon. It's on the moon, and I'm already like... Really? This is what we're starting with? We've started on the moon? Is this city next to the other secret city that has Nazis? I used to have that joke of, I become princess of the moon. And that's exactly how I have it written here, of of the moon. 
cities on the moon. We also see a shot of Callisto Aerospace Center where a, uh, a blonde woman is looking at a moon rover. Yes. And it gets crushed by something and she's like, that looks like a hoof. Well, first it runs into something invisible. And yeah. It's like, what's the obstruction here? And then the hoof crushes it and we see Gorgon, the person who crushed it. Yeah. And he's he's talking to basically the royal council, which is this man who we will learn his name is Thunderbolt, who is the or I'm sorry, Black Bolt, who is the king, Medusa, who has the hair, who is the queen, and Black Bolt's brother, Maximus. Maximus. And they're seeing Black Bolt, Medusa, and Max. And Max. And also uh Kornak is there. Yes. Who is Miles from Lost. And they're looking at what the last thing this thing saw was. If the humans on Earth see Nobody this, is going to know that that's a hoof. It looks like a hoof. Which is fun. It's fun editing. So the king and queen are walking among the people, and they summon Maximus to follow him. And they're worried about Earth humans penetrating the city walls. Yes. It's important to, to lay out here, because this is going to become confusing later. Yes. That the whole show. The Inhumans on the moon are able to monitor what the humans on Earth were seeing through this rover. Yes. So that would imply they have a basic understanding of Earth, but that gets lost. Immediately. <laughs> Almost immediately. So uh, Medusa talks about, like, we do not want to go to war with the humans. And Maximus is like, are you speaking for yourself or the king? Yes. And she says, like, I'm speaking for myself. And then Black Bolt, the king, walks forward and touches Maximus's chest. And they share a pregnant look. Mm-hmm. And Maximus says, of course, my king. So the king does not speak. At this no. point, we're like, oh, the king doesn't talk. And then we're getting, they're, they're being led to a ceremony for two young people. Yes. Called the Terragenesis Ceremony, mm-hmm. where you're exposed to the Terragenesis crystals. Yes. And then you Which get your... Which is Walter White's meth. And then you get your magic power. Yes. Your your gift, your... What's a word I could use for this? Your... It's something that makes you not human. Your mutation? Whoa, 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 whoa. What, 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 what? Well, we what don't, did I say? We don't want to get the lawyers involved. Whoa, whoa. Inhumans is definitely... I can't believe it's not mutant. Um, So, it's two young people, and we also meet another woman, uh, a young blonde. She calls for someone called Lockjaw. Yes. Lockjaw is a big boy Mm -hmm. and a good boy. (laughs) He's a big chonker, is what he is. Lockjaw. What, uh, What is he, a bulldog? Uh, I made the mistake of just Googling Lockjaw, and so it had the condition, not the dog. He's just a giant 2,000-pound bulldog. He's a bulldog. And he is cute. He's adorable. And he has the power of teleportation. Yes, so he teleports with the young woman to the Terragenesis ceremony. And she's the... Crystal is the princess. She is Medusa's little sister. Mm Mm-hmm. And... We see these two young people and their parents are fretting going like, I hope this goes better than ours. Yeah. Each child is locked within their little pod. Mist fills both pods and we see nothing. And then first, the young lady is asked to step out and reveal themselves. 
she emerges and beautiful blue butterfly wings emerge from her. Yeah, and she immediately takes off flying. And the captain of the guard, Gorgon, is like... Flyers are awesome. I love flyers. Yo, flyers are awesome. Yeah. So we immediately get the implication that she has gotten a great gift. Mm -hmm. Things are good for her. Yes. The young boy comes out and he feels the same. Mm -hmm. And Maximus comes forth and he is sympathetic, puts a hand on the shoulder, and the boy has a gruesome seizure and says he saw Maximus being surrounded by snakes and attacked. And Maximus backs up freaked out. Yes. We then see the children and their parents return home to what we clearly are seeing as the lower caste living quarters. Mm -hmm. We are now seeing that there is a caste system in the city of Adelaide. Yeah. But she and her, the little girl and her beautiful wings are applauded. Yes. So like, this is clearly a big deal. Mm -hmm. She's clearly like gonna get out. Yeah. And the boy is going to be sent to the mines. But Maximus says like, you still need to undergo genetic counsel testing. Yes. Like, we, we're we not sending you to the mines until we know for sure. Yeah, because we think that he doesn't have a power, so he just goes to the mine. And then someone else is like, hey, Maximus, you don't have a power. Why aren't you in the mines? He's like, I'm royalty. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> so we see the royal family eating, and then we get Karnak's real, like, establishing moment of he looks at the server and says... Two and a half days. And she's like, excuse me? And that's how quickly he would get tired of her as a romantic partner. Two and a half days. First day I'd be captivated by your beauty. Oh, the fun we'd have. Second day, it would start to bother me that you're a servant. And then I'd discover that you have dependency issues. You chew with your mouth open. By the second afternoon, I'd want to kill you. Sad, but true. Yes. Remember this, because I'm going to freak out about it in a couple moments. And Gorgon's like, why are you such a D-bag? Maximus comes in and declares that Triton is dead. And then another inhuman whose name I don't catch, but he has projector eyes. Yes, I'm going to call him Lucy, because he's the boy with kaleidoscope eyes. Sure. So we'll Uh, call him Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. He projects and shows the group Triton's last moments, whereas Medusa claims that Triton is not dead. Uh, Everyone's a little concerned, and Gorgon wants to go find Triton. Yes. So Crystal happily obliges by having Lockjaw take Gorgon to where Triton was. Yes. We need to stop and establish, like, something that's happened here. Okay? So far, we've had... Black Bolt, the king. Medusa, the queen. Be at odds with Maximus, Black Bolt's brother. Because Maximus wants to go to war with Earth. Because we're running out of resources on the moon. And the Earth can sustain everybody. Black Bolt, through sign language of sorts, communicates that we can't do that. Things He has a plan. Trust your king. That's a big thing that gets said over and over again. Trust yeah. your king. We then find out that the king had a secret mission that failed and killed one of their friends. Yeah. Why should you trust your king? This is what trusting your king has got you. Mm-hmm. A dead body. 
But we're supposed to like Black Bolt. So Medusa and the king establish that he wants to go be alone to think. And then she's like, I love you too. And we see a flashback. The show very over relies on flashbacks. There's a lot of flashbacks. This whole show feels very much of Lost. And this is another like conceit of Lost. And we see Medusa as a young woman before she has her crazy hair. Uh, going to see the man who would be king and saying, like, I'm not afraid of you like everyone else is. And she comes out after dropping Black Bolt off at his Fortress of Solitude. And Maximus tells Medusa he's there for her. And then says, like, I would never treat you the way Bolt does if you were my queen. And she's like, I am your queen. Mm-hmm. Maximus reminds her that they used to be friends and comes on to her. And in a rage, she pins him to the wall with her hair. Yes. When she lets him go and walks away, Maximus goes, snakes. And realizes that the boy's vision has come true. Yes. That the boy can see the future. So, the head of the genetic council meets with Maximus. And they're discussing the two kids who had their pterogenesis ceremony. Aridia, the young woman, has been elevated to a higher caste. Mm -hmm. Because she's She's a flyer. She's a flyer and butterfly wings are... Not useful in the mines, I guess. Yeah. I guess I could see where, like, flying has a lot of use. Yeah. Because, like, you could be a... You could, like, work on building things and... Yeah. And be pretty. Yeah. Uh, and Brunaja. Brunaja is the boy. Brunaja is the name? Yeah, let me double check that. We don't hear him referred to by name all that often. Um, no, they're really bad at establishing names. Yeah, like, I... Straight up looked up names on this. It is Bernasha. And he guesses that the leader of the genetic council will rest in a beautiful river. Yes. And then uh, he gets stabbed and is laying in a river of his own blood by Arin the guard. She's like a high ranking member of the guard and looks at Maximus and calls her his king. Yes. Or excuse me, calls him her king. Yes, calls Maximus king. Yeah. And Karnak, we then see Karnak working in his lab, and the more guards come in saying, we come under the order of King Maximus. And Karnak goes, King Maximus? Really? Really? So basically a coup is now started. And we also establish that Maximus is in touch with the soldiers who killed the young woman at the beginning. Yes. Uh, that's just established at this point. So uh, they give Karnak the choice to capture or be killed, and he loves choices. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we get, um, it cuts away to Gorgon as they try to sneak up on Gorgon. And he just looks up and goes, never approach downwind, dumbass. And he stomps his hoof and sends a shockwave. And we get kind of dueling fighting sequences that we cut between. Yes. And then during his, Karnak is shot, falls face forward. Yeah. And then we establish it's a simulation. And he goes, well, that didn't work. Let's try again. And he life is strange as his way out of it. This is a thing we got to like discuss. What is Karnak's power? What do you think it is? I See, we don't get to see it that often. Right, that's why I want to I get your opinion. I almost thought like, oh God, well, there's a character whose uh, gift is like manipulating probability. Oh, Domino. Whose gift is manipulate? whose um Her power. gift is, her, her power is luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was kind of like, that he could manipulate situations like that. 
My thought is that it's kind of like the Nicolas Cage film Next, where, like, he sees all the possibilities. Like, he sees the branching tree of a video game and chooses the right one. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because in this scene, they kind of make it seem like he can reverse time. Yeah. Because it looks like he dies and then he's like, well, that didn't work. And then time reverses and he tries something else. I don't think that's what we're meant to see the power is. What it's supposed to be. Yeah. Is that his gift is the ability to see fault in all things, including people, plans, and structures and exploit it. In combat, he can quickly determine the best strategy by analyzing his opponents and their weak points. He can mentally visualize scenarios to to identify any flaws in his course of action, bordering on precognition to know when and how to properly intervene the proceedings as they happen in order to turn an imminent outcome in his favor. Okay. Because what I wanted to argue then was when he has the conversation with the servant and it's like, in two days, I will be. I will tire of you. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he actually experienced that relationship? I don't know. Or he just thought that relationship. Because to me, that's kind of weird to, to be able to be like, oh, if I went down this path, I would have wonderful sex with you and then be bored the next day. But I'm not going to do that. And then you kind of get to have that experience, but she doesn't? And I don't, like, I found that so, like, confusing and upsetting. Karnak then bursts into Crystal's apartment and tries to warn her. And Crystal immediately tells Lockjaw to take Karnak to where Gorgon is. And come right back. He does. (laughs) Karnak's like, no, I need to be here to help. And then she goes, good boy, let's find Medusa. Medusa is cornered by Maximus and his men. And he sadly says, take her. The guards come at her one at a time, and she takes each one out with her hair as Maximus is like, please stop. And then he says, I wish you had chosen me. Look what you're making me do. And he grabs a razor as she's held down by the other guards and dramatically shaves her hair. Well, now, when you say razor, it's very important that we I, I get this across. It is barbershop shears. Yeah. So despite that they don't really know anything of Earth or have Earth things... They do have a set of clippers. <laughs> and he went to manscape.com and picked up this pair of clippers. So they they shave her head and she cries and it I it's very much done. It reminds me of the film Maleficent. Mhm. Because in Maleficent when the king cuts off her wings, it is filmed and depicted in a very similar vein to a sexual assault. Right. And th- I got that vibe from this of like you're stripping her of something that is hers because she rejected you physically. Right. I also got that there, the fight scene takes place around a lot of pillars, mm-hmm. which I thought was supposed to invoke Samson and Delilah. Yes. That's- since her hair is being shaved and thus she's losing her power. That's a good, good get. Yeah. I mean... Thought was put into this show. I'll I'll give it that. Not enough work was put into the CGI of her hair. So I was glad to see it go, (laughs) to be honest. And after they shave her head, they just leave her there because she doesn't have any powers anymore. And uh, they go to enter Black Bolt's Chamber of Solitude. And Crystal sends Lockjaw to take Medusa to the others. 
And the Maximus goads Black Bolt. Like, are you going to kill us uh, the way you killed our parents? And then we see another flashback of Black Bolt and his parents. And he just says the word, why? And then they are essentially uh, evaporated. Yeah, it, it reverberates and just blows his parents up. And they're all, and Maximus is being like smarmy and they're all pointing guns. And he's kind of like, what are you going to do? Kill me with your voice? And Black Bolt opens his mouth up a little bit. He was like, oh crap, he's gonna. (laughs) And in the nick of time for Maximus, uh, Lockjaw appears and spirits Black Bolt away. Yes. Which terrified me because I thought that meant that he was going to join all of his people and then speak and then kill all of his friends. And then Lockjaw drops Black Bolt in the middle of Hawaii and the show ends. In the middle of the street. In the middle of Honolulu. (laughs) Yeah. So in the middle of traffic, he just appears. And that's the end of episode one. Now, I really want to get into this now. Yeah. Because, like, there's two big things that upset me. One, they did not establish at all why Black Bolt and Medusa are good. No. We don't have a single reason to cheer for them. The only thing we've done to make Maximus evil is he killed that one guy. Right. But his goal is to become king so he can get rid of the caste system. Yes. He's never like, I'm hungry for power. It's never, I'm, you know, I deserve more. It's so that I can have my kingdom. It's always about bringing up the lesser. Yeah, and it... It's also hard because we don't really understand why Bolt and Medusa are good as yeah. much as we don't understand why Black Bolt is evil. Or excuse me, why we don't understand why Maximus is evil. We don't understand why anyone else is good. The only leadership decision we've seen Bolt make mm-hmm. got someone killed. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think what we're supposed to do, or, or we're supposed to feel is if Maximus had his way, he would go to war with us, the humans. And as a human, we're supposed to be like, I like being alive. So I don't like this man. (laughs) I think. That's like the only thing I can like really put together here. Uh, The other thing I want to bring up is the M word. Mutants. Yeah. Uh, This to me, it feels like if this wasn't a Marvel show, I would just look at this and go, oh, this is an X-Men ripoff. Yeah. Was it me or are Black Bolt and Medusa styled after Cyclops and Jean Grey? Just like the suit that Black Bolt is in looks just like the Fox X-Men Cyclops suit. So I'm, I'm just looking it up. Uh, Black Bolt's first comic appearance is in 1965. And then... is Does he look like the way he does in the show? He's always been in black, which makes him a little different than um, most characters who got a cool black outfit later. Right. Um, he, But Cyclops does predate him by two years. But Cyclops didn't look like Yeah, that. Cyclops used to be a big blue guy. Yeah. It's just so much of this, it felt like it kept accidentally invoking the X-Men. It's also, the setting looks like the cold, gray setting of a lot of the X-Men movies. Yeah, I don't know why, but that super just... 
irked me. And my final point before we move on to episode two, because I had three like really <laughs> uh, grumpy feelings towards this, is the whole premise is these people are inhumans because they have a gift that makes them not human, but something else, inhumans. Why would they call themselves inhumans? Yeah, why are they defining themselves by what they are not? Exactly. Like, I think to, what is it? I think it's uh, My Hero Academia that they call them specials. Or they, I know it's a quirk in, in My Hero Academia. Yeah. But I've definitely heard, like, the term, oh, they're specials. Or, oh, they're supers. Yeah. But, like, why would you I pick a word? I believe there's a uh, book series that calls them extras. Extras, yes. Because they're more than human. Why would you pick a word that's close to inhumane? To define yourself. An inhuman. If you think you're better than humans. Yeah, an inhuman is usually not seen as a good thing. Mm. It'd be like if we walked around being like, yeah, us, us non-gorillas walking around (laughs) with our opposable thumbs. It's very odd. Gorillas have opposable thumbs. Look, I didn't think this joke out. (laughs) So we open episode two. And we establish that everybody's in a different part of Hawaii. Yes. The dog is a good boy, but he's not perfect. Um, And Black Bolt doesn't get out of the road and causes a car accident. Yes. But Lockjaw nopes out. Yeah, Lockjaw's like, I've done my job. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Black Bolt panics as a cop shows up and he, well, bolts. Yes, he runs away. And then Maximus has captured Crystal, and they sedate Lockjaw, but take Crystal back to her apartment. So she's a prisoner in her own, like, home, which is a set of rooms in the royal palace. Yeah. So she, it's very Santa Stark, like, gilded cage. Mm-hmm. She's not in a prison cell. She's in her space, but she can't leave it. Yes. Then Black Bolt's little phone rings, Medu- and it's Medusa. She's calling and saying, like, I'm safe. Where uh, are you? One little thing I want to bring up here okay. is we do see everyone's location on in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And they're in different, like, spots in Hawaii. Yeah. And all of them have a moment where they're standing somewhere and they're remembering... What happened in the previous episode? Yes. So instead of getting a previously on Inhumans, every person has a minor flashback where they uh, see what went what transpired. I'm going to be upset about this later, so I want to bring that up. And two, uh, Medusa, throughout this episode, constantly forgets that her head is shaved. Yeah. And she's just like, she'll be like, she'll touch her head and be like, oh, right, my hair is gone. And then she'll look in the mirror and be like, oh my god, my hair is gone. It's like, I feel like for something so traumatic to happen to you, you'd be aware. I mean, it's it's definitely her reminding the audience. Yes, that's the point I'm making. And I'm going to save it to the end of this episode to be real upset about it. Okay. And so, Black Bolt's little phone rings, and it's Medusa calling to assure him that she's safe. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, she's like, Show me you're safe. And he holds the little phone up against his heart. 
And when Medusa hears his heartbeat, she takes that as comfort. Yes. And then he holds it up and she goes, I hear traffic. Yeah. Uh, which I wanted to bring up that she mentions hearing traffic. Yes. Well, I have a new thing I got to freak out about now. Yeah. So they don't have cell phones. They have their own little devices that are like wrist communicators. Mm-hmm. But you can also like pull off your wrist and kind of talk into them. Yeah. Uh, and this is the main way that they communicate. Now, since they're on the moon and they're not, you know, on Earth, they don't really use cell phones. They use whatever this device is. Yes. If, I don't know... A really important person in your society, like, I don't know, your king had some sort of strange condition. Like, I don't know, he can't speak. Do you think maybe you would develop technology so that the man who can't speak can talk to people? I don't don't know. It's not like we saw someone project a a video of themselves against the sky. In the last... Oh, wait, we did! We did! That happens! Like, the fact that he has no way to communicate through the device that they created themselves, and he's the king, is so stupid! It's like, oh, we gotta talk to the president, but we can't get into the room with him. Well, then we can't talk to him. What's... What if there's an emergency? Well, we, we better get in that room then. No! He's the king! This is... Like, that is such a huge plot hole. Yes. That is just like, why would why would it be like this? And that's going to be the trend of this whole show is, well, why don't they just do this? Oh, well, they can't because Lockjaw's sleepy. Yeah. Did we mention Lockjaw's sleepy? We did. Lockjaw's just out of this episode because he's tired. He's heavily sedated. Um... He is heavily sedated, but he does just fall asleep first. Yes. But he's done a lot of teleporting. It's 240,000 miles to the moon. He's made like four round trips. He is sleepy boy. You ever seen your dog after like a long walk? I've never seen him teleport, so I don't know how exhausting that is. It seems like quarter million miles is kind of a long trip. Look, the only point of reference I have for teleportation is Nightcrawler, because again, we were invoking the X-Men on this show, and he poof bamps all over the place with no problem. He's never like, whack, whack, whack. All right, nap time. Be a lot more relatable if he did. <laughs> so Medusa sneaks onto a bus that's going back to, like, civilization. Mm-hmm. And then Kernak gets knocked out. By someone we don't see. No, he falls off a cliff. Oh, he falls off a cliff, my bad. Because this is... I was so annoyed by this because his whole power should prevent him from doing this. Because he's climbing down a mountain because the stupid dog, his words, not mine, poof-bamped him on top of a mountain in Hawaii. And then as he's climbing down, the rock he steps on breaks and he plummets down to Earth. Which is in exact contrast to his power. Yeah. Like, the way this should have happened is the dog should have poof-bamfed him onto unsteady ground so he wouldn't have time to use his power, and he fell immediately. But no, he's just like, ah, I'm going to turn my power off while I climb down. Slippery rocks! And he falls and he hits his head. It's... So this is out of our... 
five main mutants right now. Excuse me. Oh, get the lawyers. Get the lawyers. Out of our five main inhumans, we have the Medusa and Karnak have been nerfed. Mm-hmm. Crystal's imprisoned. Yeah. Black Bolt's power seems to be like all or nothing. Like if he uses it at all. Yeah, it's a nuke, so he can't really use it. And then Gorgon's just kind of Gorgoning. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to point out that we have to nerf people constantly for the show to work. Yeah. Uh, Maximus instructs the guards to go on every corner and make people nervous, and then he will speak comfort to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's sitting on the throne, and Crystal is brought to him. And we find out that, like, the royal line goes through Maximus and Black Bolt. Yes. And that Crystal and Medusa did not come from the royal family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maximus offers her the opportunity to join him if she accepts him as king. And she goes, no, you make me sick. You're just a human. I was like, and they had to make her like weirdly racist. Yeah. Like if they just ended up, you make me sick because of his actions, it would have made sense. But when she goes, you're just a human, you just end up being like, why are the royal family the good guys again? You're just a human like me, the viewer, which makes me then sympathetic Towards Maximus. Yes. <laughs> what is the show doing? So then uh, two guards lead her away and then some hot surfers help Gorgon, who is nearly drowned because he has hoofs. And they Gorg- all yeah, have we- a beer. Gorgon's like, uh, I think the body of my friend is somewhere in the ocean. Let me just walk out there. And then he, like never even thinking, do I know how to swim? And then he discovers he can't. <laughs> and then he almost drowns. And then surfers help him. Mm-hmm. We take this pause now as Lara eats a partially frozen airhead. I thought you were going to talk for longer. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. So then Gorgon pretty much lays his cards out on the table. The humans notice the hooves. They are having a beer and they're just all cool with it. And then we get back to the aerospace center and the blonde scientist, mm-hmm. who I like barely took notes on in the first episode because it didn't feel important. Right. We find out her name is Louise. Yes, we finally find out her name. And she ends up, she thinks everything is related to the dead rover and the hoof, and she is yeah. relieved from the, her yeah, duties temporarily. She, she picked up on the energy uh, signatures of Lockjaw transporting these people. Yeah, so she's like, there have been four energy signals very close together in Hawaii. Yes. And then when she's like relieved of her duties because she has a bit of a reputation for being a nut job. Um, yeah, I would like to say that the superiors is like... What you're suggesting is that our creature with the hooves and, and three of his, uh, his buddies... Smashed our rover, and now they've come to visit us on Earth. You were hired here because everyone thinks you're brilliant. A little nutty, maybe, but brilliant. But now it's looking like the nutty part. It's pushing brilliant right out of the way. And then I write in all caps in my notebook, Hey, remember New York? Yeah. (laughs) When the aliens came? And we had a god and a green monster and an archer save us? The show does seem to forget. Yeah, did you forget all this happened I mean, recently? I mean, this is pre-Rogers the Musical, so I guess that, mm. like, people weren't... This is true. I, I actually have a note that says, blah, blah, Marvel Science. 
Yes. Because it's one of those like two minute scenes where they try to dress it up with science, but it's just Marvel science. And she takes a sabbatical with her boss's blessing and Noah and I both go, oh, she's going to go to Hawaii now. Yes. We kind of get a couple scenes of Karnak waking up bloody. Yes. And then we get a scene with Crystal. And this is the point where I'm like, oh, Crystal might be stupid. Yo, you figured that out, did you? Well, this is only like her third scene. So, uh, Aaron, the captain of the guard for Maximus, comes in and brings her food. And is trying to warn her, like, you're going to be happier. The sooner you accept Maximus as king, the, fast, the happier you'll be. Yes. And Crystal shoots her with her powers, and it knocks off Aaron's little wrist communicator. As soon as Aaron leaves... Crystal immediately snatches up her communicator that she shot off. Right. And contacts Medusa. Mm-hmm. And Medusa immediately is like, this call is being tracked. You know yeah. she's too smart to just drop her calm. Mm-hmm. So Medusa immediately breaks her calm. Yeah, she like drops it on the bus and stomps it. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to just really quickly state, Arin is the, uh, the name of this girl. Yeah. She looks so much like A.J. Lee. That every time she comes on screen, I'm like, oh, A.J. Lee's in this. No. No, it's not. Oh. (laughs) So, uh, then Maximus gets a call from Gorgon. And Gorgon's like, I'm leaving my comm open. Come get me. Yes. Because the Hawaiians that he has teamed up with are like, hey, you're a fighter. Why don't you bring the fight to you? And we'll have your back. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. They're probably not going to actually have the like this weird hoofman's back. Cause, well, they do also say, like, you're one of them in humans. Yeah. And I was like, that's suspicious. Uh, it'll get weirder as we go on. Maximus tells Aaron to gather what and who she needs to take care of the royal family. And he establishes bring back or kill. And he's like, definitely kill Black Bolt and Gorgon. I guess... Karnak and Medusa could be brought back. Yeah. And she's talking about, like, I want to go alone. It's easier if I'm discreet. Yes. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, my next note is Maximus is kind of an asshole, but is he wrong? Yeah, again, like, this is the common theme of, like... Like, he doesn't really want... He's trying to kill as few people as possible in this coup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arin calls for Aldrac who refuses to allow her transport to Earth because it's painful for him. She threatens his family, and he he begrudgingly transports her to Earth, but, like, into a wall. Yes. What, like, this is so unnecessary, in my opinion. I don't know why we need this character that transports people, but I I guess to establish that there's another way to Earth that is not Lockjaw. Yeah. Uh, Medusa jumps off the bus, completely lost in tourist land, and Black Bolt is in, like, a gift shop trying to find clothing, and the shopkeeper is pleasant to him, assumes he doesn't speak English, sets him up with an outfit, he walks out and they call security, the security officer's like an older guy, Black Bolt twists his arm, leaves, and then cops come. Yes. They tell Black Bolt to get down on his knees, he assaults the cops. Yes. He also then handcuffs the cop who was doing literally nothing wrong. Yeah. Uh, Every time Black Bolt runs, he runs weird. He does run strangely. And then uh, he gets tased in the butthole. And they tased me in the butthole! 
Yes, he does get he does catch a taser to the butthole. And then he goes, oh. And when he makes that noise, it flips a cop car, like jackknifes in the style of like the truck in the dark night. Yes. And then the police beat the hell out of him in slow motion to the point where I'm like, are you making a political statement right now in humans? I actually have a note of the cops beat him a lot for how much they're being filmed and how he's a well-dressed white guy. But he did like flip a car. Yeah. So you could just be like, he could have killed all of us. But like the slow motion and length of this was like... Why are we spotlighting this? Are you trying to say something right now, humans? Because if you are, it is muddled. Yes. So then, um, meanwhile, back on Adelan, they bring Bernaja, the boy who has the uh, visions, to Maximus. And uh, he tells Maximus, they want to kill you. They're people in silver robes. They were talking and planning your death. And Maximus decides it's the genetic council. He then goes to Crystal, who has not changed her mind, and he threatens Lockjaw. Yes. And we established that Medusa and Crystal's parents were revolutionaries that were killed by the royal family. Um, back on Earth, Arin finds the bus, murders the driver. Yes. Uh, and then finds Medusa's broken comm that she mm-hmm. did, of course, try to uh, track. Yes. And then she... Gets out of the car. And Medusa and, just, like, surprises and her. And or Medusa spears Aaron. Oh, yeah. It is like a beautiful full, Goldberg spear yeah, into a car. I was going to say full-edge spear. <laughs> and they have a fight, and then Aaron gloats to Medusa. Not much without your hair, huh? And Medusa stabs Aaron. Yeah, just stabs her in the stomach. Throws her in the back of a pickup truck. And throws her calm on top of her. Yeah. And uh, covers her in a tarp. The, 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 the idea that she would not take the comm with her is ridiculous. I mean, I get, yeah, because like, Aaron's comm would be tracked, but I think it, you just don't pick up when Maximus calls? I mean, like, if anything else, Maximus will call and you can get a touch of information from it. Yeah. Like... He, Maximus might call and be like, hey, how's the operation to kill Black Bolt but not Medusa going? And then she'd be like, interesting information. And then break it. <laughs> like, it's a tool. Use it. Because Medusa takes Aaron's calm and calls Black Bolt and leaves a pretty gruf- gruesome message out loud about killing Maximus. Which then sees that the, the cop then sees Black Bolt's calm and takes it. And... You point out everyone has forgotten New York. Yeah, again, everyone has forgotten New York. Nobody understands what's happening. Uh, Then we see Maximus in the mines among the people. And he is promising the miners a big part of the future and tells Bernaha he's special. And he's giving a speech about the new world that they're going to build as Crystal looks at a photograph of her parents. Uh, We then see Lockjaw snoozing peacefully in his cell. Gorgon is with the the Hawaiians, and uh, Maximus begs the other Inhumans to accept him. He wins the applause of the people over shots of the, quote, quote, heroes, separated and forlorn. Yes. And then in the after credits shot, Aaron jolts to life and removes the knife, healing herself. Mm-hmm. 
How is Medusa not smart enough to know that's her power? I don't know. I don't have a good answer here. And that's the end of the episode two, right? Yes. And now I want to bring out about these two episodes that they were uh, cut together. Yes. And aired in cinemas. Which I find insane. Because that's why I was bringing up this like weird flashback thing they were doing. And where they were like showing you the previous events of the, the previous episode. But you wouldn't need to do that if you were watching this in a theater. And like you just saw it. It's not like a week went by. So you don't need that information. So if they cut anything out though, each of these episodes is 43 minutes. Yeah. So 86 minutes is under an hour and a half, which is not really enough time to really justify a movie ticket, especially if you cut stuff out. Yeah. So, like, at this point in watching the show, I wouldn't say that, like, I'm invested, but I'm not having a bad time. Had I seen this in theaters and paid, like, $18 for this... I'd be furious. Especially because particularly Medusa's hair, the CG is bad. It looks terrible. And they showed it in IMAX. Yeah. I can't imagine how that would look in IMAX. Uh, There is one small thing that we also kind of skipped over that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. When Gorgon is talking to the the Hawaiians, the Hawaiians are are very chill and just kind of like, so you're one of them inhuman, right? Yeah. It's weird that they know what those are. And he's like, yeah. It's like, well, where do you live? And Gorgon's like, the moon. If you worked really hard to make this secret moon base with these reflectors that make it invisible, why are you telling the humans about it? Yeah. Like, that is such a weird thing to include. And guess what? It's gonna happen again. <laughs> yes. And these two episodes also did air together. Uh, they aired in the same night. What? Then why was the recap thing in there? Uh, I'm flipping stuff over. I'm flipping stuff over. There's nothing over here. Don't, don't touch my things. Episode three. Uh, hey, Desmond from Lost shows up. So, a man is told to go speak... A prisoner is told to go speak with his lawyer. Yes. And we find out that his lawyer is actually a scientist who is going to get the man out if he helps him get Black Bolt out too. Yes. And then we get a flashback uh, where we establish that Black Bolt is heir to the throne. Maximus is the spare, but Maximus actually wants to be king. And then I have, couldn't Bolty just ab- abdicate to Max? Couldn't he just abdicate the throne? When you're the king? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone is giving Black Bolt a ton of crap for the fact that he does not talk. And we kind of have like, has no one ever seen someone who is nonverbal before? It's so crazy because 
if you don't know, uh, I take part of something called the Movie Movie Challenge every year, where mm-hmm. I listen to one of my favorite podcasts, the I Like to Movie Movie Podcast, Top 10 of the Year podcast. And anytime they mention a movie, I watch it. Even if it's, if it's one of their top 10 or if they just bring it up in conversation, I watch it. And I recently watched the film Mute, which is about a man who can't speak due to a boating accident. Mm-hmm. And throughout the film, it's just kind of people being like, oh, you don't talk. Okay, let me help you. In this, no, everyone thinks that the reason that Black Bolt is not talking is because he's a jerk. Like everyone's like, oh, you're not going to talk to me? Say words. Everyone can speak words. Like you, you've never encountered a mute person. He's clearly trying to communicate through gestures. Yeah, like he's nonverbal. Put it together. He's nonverbal. He he can clearly hear, but he does use some sign language. Now it's interesting. Anson Mount, who plays Black Bolt, uh, developed his own sign language because they did not want it to look like ASL. Oh, okay. And there is fifty pages of work. Oh, between really? him and two consultants where they developed tons of signs. We don't see that many. Yeah. But th- there is like a full sign language. Th- that being said, like we're going to say a lot of negative things about this show. Surprise. Uh, this dude's performance is awesome. It was really divisive. A lo- there were people who thought it was bad and there were people who thought it was the best thing about the show. I, I honestly think Black Bolt's the best part of this show and I think it comes from a place of being like, could you imagine how lucky this man feels? The actor. Because he just got booked in a Marvel project and he will never have to learn lines. Yeah, because... Dude, a lot, what a gig! A lot of what makes Black Bolt funny... <laughs> Is his facial reactions and stuff where he's just like, where you see him like, oh, no. Yeah, he's great. He's got great eyes. And like, because he, he doesn't want to open his mouth. Yeah. So like, he doesn't even like smile or like open his mouth at all because he wants to contain everything. So all of his expressions are also tied in with this expression of the dog with his mouth full of tater tots. <laughs> where, he's like, where he's like, drop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drop it, Black Bolt. Mm-mm. What's in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Then we get a scene where Medusa is out in the world and she goes to an ATM after seeing a guy get money out of it. And she just demands money. I'm Medusa, Queen of Adelan. I need money. This is the Queen of Adelan speaking. I require money. Please? The fact that we know that they're monitoring Earth. Mm-hmm. And she's smart enough to know that money buys things. But she's not smart enough to A, know how an ATM works. Or B, know that her royal station is worthless on Earth. Like, how can you possibly be the queen of a secret town on the moon and think when you get to Earth, people are going to care who you are? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just frustrating to watch this. I think this was meant to be a funny, cute, like, fish out of water, Thor asking for pets to ride moment. But Medusa's so unlikable. 
that it doesn't read that way. Right, but like, I think the big difference here is Thor is a fish out of water because he is from Asgard and he is in a place he's never heard of. Yeah. Medusa is in a place that she's constantly monitoring because they're worried that Earth is going to find out about them and hurt them. And she's from Earth, like, originally. Not like like the way I'm from Ireland. <laughs> like, she is from Earth descent. Her, her parents or her grandparents immigrated to the moon. Like, the fact that she has some... He, she has convenient knowledge of Earth. She's is so confusing. She's also just at this point in the show, massively unlikable. Oh yes, and that shall continue. And I think that's another hard thing is like she's not pleasant enough that we're like with her on anything. Yeah. Uh, unlike Thor, or even like Captain Marvel when she returns to Earth, like. There is something kind of charming and funny about when, like, Captain Marvel's wandering the blockbuster. Yes. Or when Thor throws his coffee cup to the ground. Like, those are funny scenes because we already kind of like those people. Yeah, and, like, you bring up a great point with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel says something to a cop along the lines of, like, I used my powers of something to something to do something. And the cop looks at her confused. And her response is, did you not understand me? Is my communicator not working? And what that implies is, her thought process is, the thing I use to communicate's not working, not the thing that I've just mentioned doesn't exist on this planet. Right. And like, we can see the logic in it. We cannot see any logic in any action a character makes in this show. Except for Maximus. (laughs) Gorgon's talking to the Hawaiians and talking about, like, how they're trying to overthrow their king. And the Hawaiians are like, we had a king once. If I recall correctly, Mm -hmm. the last ruler of Hawaii was a queen. Yes. Which I know from... uh, I used to have... This is so, so dweeby. I used to have queens and princesses of the world paper dolls. Oh. That were all, like, based on real historical figures. They weren't, like, Disney-fied versions. And uh, Lily Wokalani was what I had. Okay. And so she was uh, the Queen of Hawaii until 1917. Until the mainlanders came and declared it a state. Yes. Uh, So it's just kind of, like, lazy. (laughs) Like, so... But, like, nobody Googled last ruler of Hawaii. And this was 2017. They had Google. This isn't one of those shows, like, 1775, where I'm like, well, they didn't have Google yet. Yeah. I should also point out, like, the point of that statement is Gorgon is mentioning that Maximus, the current king, is coming to attack. And the Hawaiian's response is, we will support you because we had a king once and then people came and, like, ruined it. Yeah. So, the Hawaiians are pro-royalty? I think? What is the message of that statement? I don't... I, I don't know. Like, we had a king once. Like, okay. Are, are, is that... But it's a good thing? 
then you should be on Maximus's side. He's the king. Wait, what? Why do you care about Gorgon? That's what I'm trying to get to, is the only reason the Hawaiians support Gorgon is they met him. Yeah. Had they met Maximus, it seems like these people are just like, we have guns and we want to use them. So if you can tell me that people are coming to fight, we will shoot at them. Yeah. So then we get um, another scene with Crystal and Maximus. I realize she's been wearing the same outfit for days, which makes sense for every other character because they're in Hawaii lost. Yes. Crystal's in her house. Like, yeah. wear a new outfit. It's the Dylan Farnham look. Good pull. And Maximus says, like, I don't want to kill anybody. It will be better if you do this. And he hands her something. And he wants her to make a speech in support of him. And he's like, look, if you do this, it'll help keep our family alive. And then she begrudgingly agrees to do it. But then says, like, I'll kill you if you go back on your word. And he says, like, If they get word that you've given me your support, they'll know it's no use fighting. They'll come home. I, I know you're confused. But reading these words to our people could help keep our family alive. What's left of it? I'll do it. Thank you, Crystal. For what? For realizing that it's better that you do this out of your own free will. Instead of me making you. Yes. Which is such a weird thing to say because based on what Maximus has been so far, it would have made more sense for him to go like, thank you. You're doing the right thing for our people. Yeah. Like couching it as him being a good guy instead of this weird like, oh, good. I was going to make you do it. Imagine, if you will, if I came up to you and be like, hey, I know you have a truck. Uh, Can you help me move on Thursday? And then you respond, yes, I can. And then I respond, thanks, because if you said no, I was going to steal your truck. Do you still want to help me? <laughs> no! Like, what? Am, and I was going to get the thing I wanted. Why would I say that? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I also have a note of like, hey, we strongly imply Maximus Medusa had a past, even if it was just a platonic past. That sure would have been interesting to explore. Yeah, it sure would have been. You would have had a relationship with this character. Yeah, because Maximus and Crystal would then therefore have something of more of a relationship. Then Max and Arin ag- argue about someone named Mortis who is just death. Yes, because his name is Mortis. And he's a glowy eye man wearing a metal hood because Arin has called for backup. Yeah. And now Arin has to take Mortis and she doesn't want to because he is uncontrollable and terrifying. Yes. And... Uh, so they're going to go to Hawaii now. Yeah, so now now Arn has a team that consists of Mortis and others not important enough to have names. Yes. One of whom, when they get there, uh, they make a path through the forest because she is barefoot and crouches on the ground and lays her hands on the ground and all the plants part for her. Yeah, they get out of the way. Her name is Flora. Yes. And I guess it would have been really weird if she'd gotten ice powers with the name Flora. Yes. Do you want to bring this up now? Because this is a huge problem I have with this show. Sure. Flora gets flower powers. Yeah. Okay. Medusa gets hair powers. But it's not like they change their names when they get powers. Which I guess explains why Gorgon has hooves. Because Gorgon is the species 
that Medusa is in Greek mythology. Medusa is a Gorgon. So pick a lane. <laughs> like, either you change your name when you get powers, or the name won't make sense with the powers. Right. Like, because I guess it doesn't, like, it's not like Black Bolt has electricity powers or darkness powers. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, uh, I don't know. I'm just grumpy. So, meanwhile, Medusa breaks and enters into a random house, steals money and a credit card, as well as some clothes. And then this is another shot where, like, she catches a glimpse of herself, misses her hair. Yes. And then finds a newspaper where they're reporting on Black Bolt assaulting cops. Yes. Meanwhile, Wait, you forgot a very important moment here. Okay. She's broken into this house. She finds this newspaper and then she looks to her left and there is a sticker or or a magnet on the fridge that is a taxi cab with a phone number on it. And I was like, oh, okay. She doesn't know how to use an ATM, Mm -hmm. but she knows what a taxi cab is and knows how to use a phone. Yep. And she doesn't have money, so I don't know how she's paying for this cab. I guess since she robbed somebody. She literally just stole... She steals a wad of cash out of a jewelry box. Does she steal a credit card, too? She does. So she understands how to use a credit card, but not an ATM card. Yeah, I'm gonna... Well, I'm gonna guess she saw someone... Because it's how she knows about what an ATM does. She sees someone like... She must see someone use a card at some point. Anyway. uh, Meanwhile, Kernak has been... Finds a camp. He gets yeah. threatened and tied up. Yeah. And it's a bunch of people who are growing pop. He gets kidnapped by Nathan Drake. It is 100% a Nathan Drake cosplay. <laughs> he looks exactly like Nathan Drake. He's got the dirty white shirt. He's got the, the band across his chest and the gun holster. He looks exactly like Nathan Drake if he had a pot farm. Yeah, and they're just growing pot in the middle of the woods, as one does. Um, You know. Yes. Like you do. Like you do. And they're arguing about whether to let Kernak live or not. Yes. And two of the three are pro-Kernak not being killed. And one of them wants to kill him. Nathan Drake wants to kill him. And then we see him consider kicking down a column and taking down the entire greenhouse. And then when he decides to pursue that course of action, he kicks a table and nothing happens because his powers aren't working right. Yeah. And he's like, what'd you do that for? And you just said you were going to kill him. The woman's like, you just said you were going to kill him. He's kind of got a right to be upset. Meanwhile, in jail, uh, Sammy... Seems to understand, Sammy's the man from the beginning who made the deal to get himself and Black Bolt out. He understands that Bolt can't talk, asks him a bunch of questions, and kind of like seems to understand him. Yeah. And is like already on his side. Yes. Which, I'm finding this very weird of like, every every Hawaiian we see is like weirdly deferential to the Inhumans. I want to point out a few things. One, when the cops bring Black Bolt in, they want Black Bolt to get messed up because he hurt cops. So Sammy, this guy's like, yo, why don't you bring him to my cell for some playtime? And I was like, oh, okay, 
So they bring so the cops are, or the the prison guards are like, yeah, we will gladly answer the request of this prisoner, and when they bring Black Bolt to this cell, Sammy says some very like interesting things. Yeah, he's like, "How did you get your abilities? Were you experimented on? Did you get bit by a radioactive bug?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, they reference Spider-Man. They're not allowed to do that. They don't have the rights to Spider-Man." Oh, no! They, they are. Inhumans is after Homecoming. Ah. Alright. Anyway, uh, so then... Sammy says, I'm going to help you. And Black Bolt kind of gives him a look of, like, why? And he says... Because this is Hawaii. We help our friends. And I was like, are they setting up that all Hawaiians are inhumans? Because all the Hawaiians are helping Gorgon. Now this Hawaiian is helping Black Bolt. Is it going to turn out that they're all inhumans? Well, let's just watch and see, now, shall we? So I, I also want to point out that it's going to come a little bit later. But the guard then comes to check on Black Bolt and Sammy, and they're playing chess. Mm-hmm. In that, like, the idea that Sammy was like, bring him to my cell for some playtime. And then Sammy was like, I got shoots and ladders, I got connect four, and I got chess. What do you want to play? It's playtime, bud. Then we see Gorgon and his human friends, and we get, like, a fight scene. And one of Gorgon's friends is killed by Auron and her people. Yes. Uh, we don't know a lot about her people. We don't know a lot about our, Gorgon's people either. Yeah. It's just, man, stuff happens. Uh, we know the one who got killed is named Lucky. Yes. Hilarious. So, then we get to nighttime and Karnak is still tied up in the camp. And a woman approaches him with a knife. Yes. And... She cuts Kernak free. Yes. Kernak tries to make his last words, I die in honor of my king. And she's like, yeah, okay. He's like, whatever. (laughs) And they bond over his fear of without his power, he's useless to his family. Yeah. So they kind of have like a nice bonding moment. Um, Maximus brings in Crystal to go speak to the genetic council per their agreement. And she's like, where's Lockjaw? People are going to think it's weird. I always have my dog. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not bringing you your teleporting dog. You've got yeah, to be joking that's me. that's stupid. And Crystal goes like, Maximus is king. Of no one! Oh, snap! Freaking got him! What a burn! She's so stupid. What a stupid move. And he actually, like, looks like, oh, you're so... He looks at her like she's stupid, too. Like, yeah. like, not like, oh, no, you ruined my plan. Just like, why are you a Why, why would you be like this? And uh, he then has a flashback of when he was told his pterogenesis results that he actually lost his inhuman DNA and just became human. That right. flashback is lodged into this scene to cut the momentum down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Lock, Crystal escapes into Lockjaw's cell, freezes the door closed, wakes Lockjaw and manages to escape. Back in jail, uh, they bring Bolt up to the roof 
expecting him to get roughed up. But they're in prison, and they find out what Bolt's crime was, that he beat up cops. And suddenly, all the prisoners are like, this guy's all right. Yeah, we love him. He's just Black Bolt is too charming. Uh, and then, like, a security guard throws a bunch of heavy weights down. It's like, pick those up. Yes. And then it starts a prison riot. Yes. BB mows through the guards and grabs Sammy, and they run. And they come to a metal door. Sammy sighs and puts his hands on the door, which begins to melt. Yet, yeah, and then we out find he's out an inhuman. that he woke up one morning, burned down his house, and killed his family. Yeah. And then we get another flashback to just the momentum in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the movie Cats, where in the middle of every musical number, they slow it down to nothing and then have to rebuild the momentum. Yeah. Every action scene, they're like, oh, wait, a flashback. Yeah, flashback's happening, yeah. And it's Black Bolt still being trusted and loved by his parents despite his dangerous gift. After Maximus's flashback was the king being like, well, you're never going to be king. You're a human. Yeah. You're one of those filthy humans. Um, my next note is, hey, Louise still exists. Because she drives up to the prison as a taxi lets Medusa out. Uh, Medusa beats up a guard. Louise sees it. And Medusa threatens Louise to follow the helicopter when she realizes that Bolt must be on the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. We should mention that... Uh a helicopter lands oh, yeah. with uh, Desmond in it. What's his real name? I wrote it down. It's Ethan, Declan, but we don't... Oh. Even, uh, Evan Declan, yes. Yeah, Evan Declan. Uh, Which I don't think we know what it is yet, but like for the no, sake it, of explaining this, Evan Declan, who is played by the same guy who played Declan from Lost, lands the helicopter, grabs Sammy and Black Bolt and flies away. And Medusa's like, Gah! I was so close. So she jumps into the car. Louise's car. Louise and is like, follow that helicopter. Yeah. And like threatens her with a gun. Meanwhile, Lockjaw and Crystal teleport into the woods, into like a backcountry road. Yes. And a car hits Lockjaw. A four-wheeler. A four-wheeler. One of those like quad. An ATV. Yeah, an ATV. An ATV hits Lockjaw. And I am done with the show. What's great? <laughs> oh, the noise Laura made when Lockjaw made a sad noise. <laughs> La- she was like, I thought we were done watching the show. I thought the show, I thought Stay Doomed was canceled. <laughs> but what's the funny thing is because this episode had more action, I had literally been in the middle of telling you, oh, they should have aired this third one with the first two. Because things really pick up here. And as I finish saying that phrase to you, Lockjaw gets hit with an ATV and I scream. Yes. Uh, my note is literally an ATV hits Lockjaw and I hate this show. Because <laughs> I was like, well, they couldn't have ended the episode on this to run it because this would kill the show. They were trying to market the show as being kid friendly. Really? Yeah. The show that started with a sex scene? Yeah. Like the executive, pr- like, they they think that there there was a an article interviewing the actors playing Black Bolt and Medusa and they were like, Yeah, it's you know, there's some scenes that require uh parental guidance, but kids will love Lockjaw. And like the fourth time we see Lockjaw, he gets hit by a car. True, true. I will also say that uh these episodes are forty three minutes, and if you did a little bit of editing and you showed them together It'd be like 120 minutes, which is like two hours, which is like an appropriate time to spend at the movie theater. Yeah. 
And uh, this is kind of a decent ending. Like, it's a it's a cliffhanger, but stuff happens and it's exciting. Yeah. So it's weird that they only showed two episodes in theaters and not three. And in the two episodes, very little happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a coup now. Yeah. I, I think I would have left the theater a little less angry. Probably still angry. They would have had to change it ending on Lockjaw. They would have probably had to end it on... Uh, Louise and Medusa following the helicopter. Yeah. Because that's a good, like, and then what happens? Mm-hmm. Episode four. Uh, just one small thing that we missed that I need to bring up. In episode three, Gorgon puts on boots. Yeah. So they don't have to do CGI hooves. And I was like, that is the stupidest thing I could think of. Uh, the show could not afford its characters. No. So... Episode four opens on Evan Declan introducing yes. himself to Sammy and Black Bolt. And they want to go, he wants to take them to a lab. And Sammy's like, no. Mm-hmm. And, but they go anyway. That's, they yes. just go anyway. Uh, Medusa threatens Louise with a gun. Yes. Essentially carjacks Louise. Mm-hmm. Forces Louise to run a red light. And then cops follow and leads this Poor woman on a car chase. Yeah. Medusa is supposed to be the heroine. Yes, and she's ruining this woman's life. This episode is called Make Way for Medusa. Yeah. Why? And then Crystal is arguing with the human who hit her dog. And his name is Dave. But he knows a vet nearby. And then Louise and Medusa are talking and she asks Medusa, like, do you, where do you, where do you live? And Medusa, like, looks up sadly, and she goes, do you live on the moon? And when Medusa doesn't say anything, Louise is like, ah, that is so cool! Yeah. So this is the queen of the moon who knows how important it is that the humans not know about their spot, just giving it away. So apparently, they're all stupid. And then, like, Medusa does confirm to Louise... That it was Gorgon who crushed the rover with his hooves. Yes. And Louise is like, okay, we have to ditch this car because you've now led the police on a car chase with this car. And so we we have to get rid of this car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, we see Sammy and Bolte at the mobile lab and Declan calls to tell someone about his incredible discovery and his connection is Maximus. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, Kernak is teaching the pot dealers to grow pot better and... Bonds with the lady pot grower. Yes, he mentions, like, where I'm from originally, because Karnak's smart enough not to be like, I lived on the moon. Uh, We didn't have a lot of area for farming, so we have to be very efficient. So he makes the most efficient pot farm possible. Yeah. He's the only one that does something heroic. (laughs) And helps the pot farmers. Yeah. Back in 2017, when pot was illegal everywhere. Yes. Uh, but whatever. So, uh, we see Gorgon burying Lucky and Lucky's friends are way too cool with it. Like, oh, he's at peace now. Like he, your friend died for pretty much nothing. Yeah. He died for a war that he learned about hours ago. Uh, meanwhile, Arin and her group are looking for more of the royal family and Mortis complains a lot. 
Mortis is the most likable person at this Mortis point. Mortis is cheeky. He's just kind of like, ah, these plants. Bleh. Yeah, he's just grumpy. Yeah. But like, it's fun. It's nice to see someone have an emotion. Yeah. Have a personality. Have a, have a feeling about a thing. So they're back in Louise's hotel room. And they're not bonding well. Because Medusa's like going through her stuff and being a brat. Yes. While Louise is trying to work. And we get a flashback to Medusa and Crystal as Medusa consoles Crystal after their parents die. Right. The cops roll up and Louise realizes she paid for the rent-a-car and the hotel room on the same credit card, so it must have been traced. Mm Mm-hmm. So they got a bail. Which, to me, is super dumb because it's really easy for Louise to go, I was carjacked. Yeah. Like... Because she was. They would probably still, like, bring her in for questioning. Yeah. But they, they quickly have to get out of, out of that room. So they bail. And then all of a sudden, Louise is like, I forgot my rocket ship. Oh, yeah. One of the things Medusa plays with is a little keychain rocket ship. And Medusa's like, forget about it. And, Medusa, and Louise is like, I'm not leaving without my rocket ship. And, and Medusa's like, okay, you leave. I'm faster than you. I'll get it. A uh, couple things. One, Medusa is in huge heels. Yeah. For being faster than Louise, that's weird. Uh, she runs back into the room, grabs the rocket ship, goes out the back to the balcony, jumps down two, three stories, and lands not even like in a superhero pose. She just sticks it in heels. And I was like, Oh, is there more to her being inhuman? Because that should have twisted an ankle. I I feel like most of them do have more than the power they're marketed as of like super strength, super speed, whatever. Yeah, I guess. Because it was the first time we'd seen it and I was like, that's weird. Her hair did not help her with that at all. And Medusa just gets out and faces no obstacles. A Jim Shannon level escape. I would say that he at least had to do something. Jim Shannon would just know, like, oh, we should probably just go. And and he would have walked out. She had to at least jump out of a balcony. Fair. So, uh, Dave and the vet are not getting along well. The vet he brings, because it turns out the vet is his ex-girlfriend, Audrey. Yes. Uh, I just want to say, I love this actress. She played the daughter in the Santa Clara Diet. Okay. And she's awesome. I know she was in something else that we we did. I am looking it up now. But I love her as an actress. She's like, she's really fun. She's got a great delivery of of comedic lines. She's good in this. She's fun. She's really good in this. She's very believable as just being so irritating. Yeah, and the fact that like... I saw her and she like she kills every scene and she's in this for maybe eight minutes. Uh, she's currently uh, in the breakout hit Yellow Jackets. Uh, she plays Teen Vanessa. Ah. So uh, some of you guys might know her from that. Yeah, so shout outs to her. She's great. So I, she's not in anything else we've done for the show. I really thought we saw her in something else, but that, that might just be me. Yeah, she's been in other things. But she's not in anything else we've watched for the show. Okay. So, uh, the actress's name is Liv Hewson. Yes, give it up for Liv. 
So uh, things are going badly because Audrey is just annoyed because she and Dave used to date. And until she sees Lockjaw. Lockjaw's a big boy. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, well, it looks like he's fine. Like, he's minorly wounded. Because he's a 2,000-pound dog that got hit with an ATV. Mm-hmm. So he's inconvenienced. Like, he's injured, but nothing's broken. Right. And Crystal cannot understand why the dog's just not better yet. Yes, this is another, like, weird thing. Is, like, she's so used to having inhumans around that can just heal people. She's confused that Earth can't do that. But she knows that Earth is full of non-inhumans. We'll call them humans to make this easier. Uh, So the fact that she is, like, confused by this is so frustrating because... And we were talking about this earlier. Her choice as an actress, many times, is she kind of does this, like, glazed-over look. Yeah. Where she's just kind of lost. And what she needs to be showing us as an actress at this point is she thinks she's right. Yeah. She thinks that the dog should be fixed by now. Instead... She is giving us this look of like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she comes off stupid and entitled. We know that as the audience, that she doesn't understand it. But her performance as an actor should be, I'm right, fix my dog. And she never gets to that point. No. And she just like smacks of entitlement in the scene. And she's just... Her character at this point is just very dumb and unlikable. Vapid is the word I would use. And uh, at one point, Audrey's like, oh my God, you entitled princess. And, oh, she doesn't call her entitled. I call her entitled in my notes. Yeah. And Audrey walks out to get something from her car and Crystal goes, how did she know I'm a princess? (laughs) And Dave goes, really? Yeah. Because again, no one learned to be inconspicuous. Uh, except for Kernan, who talks about how there's not a lot of water where he's from. Yeah. As he and Jen, who we now know is the female pot grower, go... Skinny, skinny. dipping? <laughs> no, they're wearing bathing suits. They're wearing undies. Yeah. Undie dipping? But That's not a good word. <laughs> and she kisses him. Yes. And he goes, why did you do that? And she goes, because I wanted to. Yeah, which I like what they're doing with Kornak here. Yeah. Because... Because he doesn't... For the first time, he doesn't know what's happening. But also the idea of his life has always been about calculations and reason and purpose. The idea of someone doing something without a reason is baffling to him. So I was like, this is a nice dynamic. I dig this. So we also then get Aaron on on the phone with Maximus. And she says something about our plan. And he's like, excuse me? And she's like, I'm sorry, your plan. So this first seed of some discord between the two of them. Yes. So the next thing we get is Louise, like, takes Medusa out and gets her food. And Medusa's very happy to eat something. Yes. Louise gets up to throw out their trash. And Medusa steals her laptop. Yes. Because they establish that the laptop is how she's tracking the... uh, 
the helicopter because because she has access to satellites. Yes. So they're following it, and this is where uh, Louisa drops the line. Oh sure, yeah, just leave. That's cool. It's like space camp. Yes. And I was like, that's a character. We finally have a character. And you know what we didn't need? A flashback to freaking space camp. No. Because <laughs> that, I was a little worried we were going to see like little girl Louisa like reliving that because we always got a flashback. So then like Louise catches up to Medusa as Medusa's carrying the laptop around. And we then get a flashback. Of the king and queen telling off little Medusa to tell her her parents are banished. Yes. Because Louise goes like, do you know what's in that rocket ship? My father. Because he was a scientist who wanted to go to the moon, but they picked pilots to go to the moon instead. Mm. And they kind of get into like a little argument about their parents and ideals. Yeah. And Medusa's like, I would have rather have parents than ideals. I've become everything they're not. And I'm like, okay... So your parents died to fight the system. Yeah. And your whole thing was, I'm going to become the system because I'm mad that I didn't have parents. Yeah. Anyway, Medusa then decides she likes Louise. And then my next note is, cool, I don't like either of them. I like Louise. I think she's fun. And. uh, Oh, it should also be noted that this entire time, Medusa is walking, holding this laptop, trying to follow and she's in a car. Louise yeah. is in a car, like, following her. And it is so clear that the laptop is not on. Oh, it is clearly. But Medusa keeps looking at the screen and then walking more. It's not walk. even a real laptop. Like, it's a prop. Yeah, of course. But it's just so... It's such a dumb thing to miss. Yeah. We then get, like, a scene where Dave and Crystal kind of bond. He gives her a high five. And she goes, a human has never touched me before. And that's it for them. Yeah, this. we never see her again. <laughs> and uh, Jen and Karnak's relationship is starting to advance. They go for a walk among the pot leaves and she offers him room in her tent. Yes. And the other two pot growers start to kind of like argue about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maximus then has the entire genetical council killed, but tells everyone they've been banished. So clearly it's a urine town situation. Right. Where they're saying, like, oh, you're banished to urine town. Uh, spoilers for urine town, that means they kill you. Uh, I did not know that. So, uh, Sammy and Black Bolt are in the lab, and they escape the lab because Sammy gives his DNA instead of Black Bolt giving his DNA. Yes. Because the whole reason Black Bolt is still alive is because death will change the DNA and then he'll be of no use to Evan Declan. Yes. Evan Declan is trying to make, I'm not sure if we made this clear, is trying to make genetic mutations, sorry, there's not a better word, uh, so that they can find a way to give powers to Maximus because he didn't get any. And people are like, you probably shouldn't do this because we need you as king. He's like, no, I want powers. But uh, Declan also can see the human applications. He goes like, with this kind of genetic engineering, we can stop... We can cure cancer. ...all genetic diseases. Black Bolt and Sammy escape, but they immediately run into Aurin and her people, and she's like, I have Medusa. Right. And if you do anything but come with me, I'll kill her. And then Mortis rocks up, and I'm like, oh, showdown. We're going to see people with powers power at each other. 
Black Bolt then takes out a gas line. Sammy, realizing how crappy everything's going to be, runs. Yes. And Mortis realizes, like, if he removes his mask, the resulting explosion will kill everyone. Everyone, because of the gas. And then Mortis is told, like, go do it anyway. But then he gets hit by a car. Yes. And it's Medusa and Louise. Louise. And in the ensuing explosion, because Mortis's mask is knocked off, uh, it seems to kill everybody but Black Bolt at it, first. It kills everyone but important characters. Yeah, no Black Bolt. <laughs> Black Bolt, Medusa, and Louise are all fine. Yes. And one of Orin's people, Locus, whose gift is echolocation. Yes. We don't know if Aaron's alive. No. I assume she is because apparently her gift is healing. And as they're driving off, like, Mortis starts to get up like a horror movie monster. Yeah. Because they take Locus and put her in the trunk. Yes. Uh, the post credit scene for this is Karnak and Jen making out. And they, like, have a conversation about the engineering of her bra. Yes. Karnak then unhooks her bra and it pans out and we see Nathan Drake, evil Nathan Drake, Digging a grave for the other pot grower. Yes, who he is murdered. And we really don't know why. Yeah, we don't, because he's crazy. And that's the end of episode four. And yes. that's halfway through Inhumans. Yeah, so that's where we are going to stop. I will say, I don't hate this show. This show has a lot of, like, flaws, but I enjoy watching it. I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm getting, like, the room vibes, where, like, the things that are so are bad are so bad that I'm enjoying them. It might just be that like it's not boring. Like yeah. like say Turn Up Charlie was, where it's just kind of like stuff's always happening, which is nice. Yeah, I I think there's some structural issues with this show. The over reliance on flashbacks. For sure. Uh kills a lot of the momentum. Yes. And then I also think there's some issues with uh, separating all of your leads. Yeah. Because then you just have to introduce so many characters that don't feel important. Yeah, this this feels very lost in that way. Of like, we're jumping between all these different storylines. And then it's building to them, like, reconnecting. But I, l- the biggest problem is that Maximus is not evil enough. Yes. And the... Like, especially Medusa and Crystal are so entitled and bratty mm-hmm. that, like, I don't really understand why we like them and hate Maximus. We need to see Maximus preparing the troops to invade Earth. Yeah. We need him saying things like, if it's a human, it dies. Like, if we could be like, oh, his plan is mass extinction of our planet. All right, he's a bad guy. But we never see that. It's just him caring for his people. Yeah. I'm... Predictions for the next four episodes. Because there's four more episodes of this, which we'll cover next week. Uh, I'm at the point where I think something not great is going to happen to Karnak's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually, everyone will be in the same room again. Okay. And maybe we'll learn something about the relationships between people. Because the relationships between all of these lead characters are completely lost to us. I'm going to make a bet right now. 
Okay. Remember how Sammy was surprise inhuman? Yeah. I'm going to say that that twist happens three more times in the next four episodes. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe Karnak's girlfriend, maybe Louise, some of the Hawaiians with Gorgon. I'm going to say there's going to be three more surprise they're secretly inhumans in the next four episodes. I'm willing to bet some. Tell me what I should bet. (laughs) Leave that on Twitter. And and we will or or sign up for our Patreon and talk to us in our Discord about it and let me know what you think I should bet for that, which you can reach at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Our patrons picked this episode. Thank you for picking this. We will finish this up next week. Where can people find us? You can email us at the stay doomed show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at stay doomed. And if you are an inhuman, but for some reason have selective knowledge of Earth when it's convenient. I'm at plus two comedy. If you're supposed to be the hero of your television series, but you're entitled and unlikable, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.